I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players, and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jaco and Craig Forsyth. Two guys that know that while you can wave Dale Weiss, you can never really say goodbye. Uh, Steve, uh, Whopper Wednesday. Uh, I, I hope you're enjoying it. It's uh, it's been a staple in my life for a while, but I hope you finally picked yourself up a Whopper tonight. Well, how could I not pick up a Whopper? I mean, burgers are the food of the week, or birders, or whatever the hell you're you're spelling them as this week. The, the president comes out and has a fully catered buffet of uh, Big Macs and Junior Bacon Cheeseburgers and whatever the hell was there at the White House for Clemson. You know, got to celebrate the burger. And I know I'm starting with these political hot takes, but listen, when the president of the United States caters a guest with a bunch of burgers, you got to mention it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it was the right move. I, I you know, they're soon to be pro athletes. Uh, they probably all they want is probably just. A couple Big Macs and uh, Here's a couple the thing, uh, Dave's doubles after they, you know, who does not approve of these athletes eating Big Macs and Dave's doubles. Who's that? Ronald Benjamin Hextall. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was surprised Hextall wasn't there just slapping burgers out of children's hands and just making sure that nobody was enjoying food after a win. <laughs> While also making sure those children could not see their families at that time. And, you know, he has a siren on his head that alerts people when fun is being had and they need to disperse and stop having that fun. Yeah. No, I mean, and he's pretty good at it. And he's got, well, he's got nothing else to do right now. So he may have been, he may have been in uh, DC that day. He could have been, who knows where Ron Hextall is these days. Spiking burgers and tacos out of, (laughs) out of uh, the collegiate athletes uh, hands. So you're ruining your future. I love this just oh, this farcical image we have of Ron Hextall just being like complete Nazi about fast food and unhealthy foods. Just, you know, like, how dare you? You can't eat that. <laughs> There's this just cartoonish, ver- cartoonish version of Ron Hextall as the, the healthy hamburglar in our head, just going in and, <laughs> and stealing burgers out of people's hands and saying, no. I believe it was Kurt that pointed out, too, that the Flyers had not won a game by more than one goal since that tweet, right? I, I think that because that was the six-two win over the Sabers, and then after that, they uh, they had the losing streak that ended uh, Hextall's tenure, and then they uh, edged up wins against the Red Wings and the Predators, and then they went on that gigantic losing streak after uh, a loss to the Blue Jackets and Rangers. So, you know. It's uh, it's been going pretty well here. 
Well, except what, for the last two games, whatever they're doing now, they got two in a row, and the <laughs> yeah, Flyers are back, Craig. Their new their new theory of still give up all the defensive chances in the world, but actually have a goalie that can stop them. It's a really good thing. It's a really good uh it's game good plan thing. that's worked out. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I like we just watched this team. So let's talk about the two games. So they have Minnesota on that was Monday night, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they play Minnesota. We're expecting a boring slog of a game, especially considering how the Flyers have played lately. And the Flyers went down early in that game. Yeah, two nothing. And yet they still toughed it out. They came back and they eventually scored a, a butt ton of goals on the Minnesota Wild, which does not happen very often. Butt ton is the correct term. Uh, they scored. Seven goals in the seven to four win. It's the first time they ever scored seven goals in the game against the Wild, uh, and a bunch of players had multi-goal games. Uh, JVR had a hat trick. Uh, um, JVR had a hat trick. Simmons had two goals, and Patrick had two goals. Uh, it's the first time the Flyers have had three players or more have multi-goal games in the same game since the uh, the blowout against Washington last year. They had two win. The home opener where uh, Drew Couture and Lawton each had two goals. And this is and the first time Nolan Patrick has scored goals since he got his driver's license, right? <laughs> Pretty much. It ended a oh god, where I put ended a twenty-four game goal drought where he only had two assists in that time, and also a twenty-seven game drought where he had not beaten a goalie, considering the the last goal before the before we went on this drought was an empty netter against the Blackhawks. So, and during that drought, that, I believe uh, Elias Pettersson had uh, approximately 20 goals, right? Yeah, he had about, yeah, he had uh, 60 to 65. I forget how many. Everybody lost count. They were just like, yeah, we're just going to chalk it up. It's another 10 for Elias this week. So, uh, but yeah, he decided to end the drought in pretty big fashion. Had a four point game, too. And, Got a little sassy with that second goal, uh, shooting it between his legs. I don't know if he needed to, but I like the confidence and the flair, so I'll, I'll give it to him. It and, was awesome. Uh, it looked awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, I still don't was... think it's a better goal, though, than Giroux's four-on-one goal. Yeah, I saw – did you get that NHL update? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, like now? a candidate yeah, for the goal of the year. year. Like, look, it was nice. <laughs> But Claude Giroux walked into the offensive zone with nothing but enemy defenders yeah. and schooled everybody. Yeah, the the, the yeah the Patrick goal was just more of a uh, it, I felt kind of like a trick shot. Like it, it was it was good, but like the Giroux goal was just everything about that Giroux goal is just insane. And uh, I think that has a legit chance to be the goal of the uh, the goal of the year. How funny would that be if the Flyers end up finishing thirtieth to thirty first, but they have the goal of the season? <laughs> From fucking Drew, who everybody dunks on. Sounds but, like the Flyers. Yeah, kind of does. A- actually, speaking of Drew, uh, in tonight's game, which we can talk about in a second here, uh, Court is 500th assist and also added on another assist. So he has 501 assists now. Still firmly in second place all time uh, for assists as a Flyer because uh, he pressed, passed Brian Proper a while ago, who had uh, 480, and Bob Clark is first with 852 so jesus i mean there's only one reaction for a monumental thing like that (laughs) wow 
mention it, it is half full. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the last one. <laughs> what the hell was that last one? <laughs> That is the this only is, rack. by the oh, way, from the video, <laughs> Owen Wilson says, wow, 10 hours. That's a, that's a good YouTube video right there. I'm going to start putting or myself to it? sleep with that. It sounds very soothing. <laughs> wow. I guess you get, yeah. <laughs> no, I figured it would, you know, having a, a little actual Owen Wilson wow on the show is uh, the appropriate response for 500 assists from Claude Giroux. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I... I mean, just it's more of a testament to how good he's been over his whole career. And I mean, we pretty much just talk about how good Clodger is almost every week. So it's not a surprise that we're bringing this up here. But uh, I mean, I there's only two a... flyers with 500 plus him and Bobby yeah. Clark. It's phenomenal. How far behind yeah. uh, Clarkie is he? Uh, now he is 351. Oh, yeah. Well, any day now. Yeah, any day. Yeah, just probably like next season sometime. So we'll just uh, we'll wait for that to happen. I mean, if you're going to be second to somebody, Bob Clark's a pretty damn good guy to be second to. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good for a bum who's not a good leader. For a and bum not, who's a but, bad leader yeah. and yeah. has been dragging his team down for years, uh, should have kept Pronger as captain, even though yeah. Pronger couldn't physically do it anymore. You know, all that stuff. Oh, God. Did I tell you about I did the Facebook reaction for the Devils game, which we're not going to talk about because that, that was the least fun game of the week. But I mean, it's the Devils. Uh yeah, and it was a loss, and it was uh. But the last, last ten minutes were people telling me that the Flyers sucked because of Claude Drew as a leader, which I thought was fun, and I don't know what to say of that. I realized afterwards that that well, first of all, I knew the entire time it was an asinine argument, but also, is Jonathan Taves a bad leader now, even though he was a good leader before when the Blackhawks had a lot more talent and depth. And Corey Crawford uh, wasn't singing that U2 song. And, uh, like, you know, like. Yeah, he's a bad he's, leader now. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, that's what it he's is. a terrible yeah. leader now. No, he's a good leader because he's serious <laughs> and doesn't smile. Which Captain serious, yeah. yeah. Even though he's, like, the 30th best center in the league. And so. how much is he making? What's that cap hit? <laughs> Not good. It's, uh, I believe it's over $10 million for a, a long time. The Hawks are the Hawks are cutting. Sorry, I couldn't resist, dude. Ten million for Jonathan Taves for a while. Meanwhile, you got Claude Giroux under nine. I don't know, well, like that, long. Yeah. A, a contract that a couple years ago people were just dunking on left and right, and now really reasonable. Yeah, yeah, but you know. He, th- we discussed that like two weeks ago too. Just uh, he's probably going to go down as maybe the most underrated athlete in Philly history. But uh, I, I do want to say that also since we we mentioned Patrick breaking his uh, goal drought tonight, Oscar Lindblom broke a thirty game goal drought. Uh, got a little bit of help off of Char's stick, I believe, but hey, was able to take him however he can get him for the Flyers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, take him when he can get him. So. That line, I mean, that line to me has looked pretty good the last couple of games. It's easy to say after tonight because Katori had a hat trick, but uh, Limblom, Katori, and Voracek have looked pretty good. I mean, Voracek's had some uh, a good last two games, and uh, Limblom's been uh, noticeable in a good way. 
So I, I think Patrick, after his game on Monday, I didn't really notice Patrick too much tonight. I didn't notice JVR too, too much tonight either, actually. But For the record, Taves um, is 10 and a half for five more years. Five more years. Holy shit. Uh, do you want to talk? I, I mean, I just want to talk about how Carter Hart. I mean, tonight was pretty much yeah, the Carter Hart show. Let's I don't know talk about you... this Bruins game, which, yeah, man, <laughs> the Flyers had no business winning whatsoever. No, no, not at all. But the new goat, the young goat, Carter Hart, came in. He saw, he he kind of conquered. He conquered as well as he could, despite all the defense defensive deficiencies of the Flyers. Uh, certainly the first two goals were in no way his fault, considering they were cross-ice passes completely undefended. Yeah, I I mean, and they were just, I I think, well, the Krug pass was just incredible, even if... Oh, yeah, even if they had proper defensive setup. That was just nuts. Just good. uh, Krug's good. He's a good defenseman. Yeah, and uh, And and I mean, even then it went off. Yeah, even then it still went off hard, so he still got a piece of it, but... And, and then the second one was just uh, Solark was wide open in, in the slot and DeBrusque set him up, which uh, if you listen to the checking out the competition, he would have known to watch out for those two guys. But <laughs> <laughs> as, as Dan pointed him out last night. Yeah, um, and that's right, guys. If if you're not aware, the last two checking out the competitions, uh, Craig and I filled in for Kelly, who decided to go to the moon or Canada yeah, yeah, or somewhere. Go, yeah, yeah, that would be the first person on the moon or whatever but not uh, america these last two not games. america <laughs> say the first <laughs> person on the moon are you a, yeah, yeah. a moon conspiracy theorist I, I mean i don't want to get into it now but yes i am Let's look at the so. shadows steve look at the shadows <laughs> it was all in a studio yeah um but uh what the fuck were we talking about? we were talking about carter hart oh, being uh, the man too with the checking out the competitions yeah the uh the shots or they were down to nothing tonight Ended up getting out shot forty two to nineteen. Shot attempts overall were eighty four for Boston and thirty four for the Flyers, and somehow they end up winning this game. Carter Hart had thirty nine saves, made a lot of ridiculous saves in the first and second period, and then also I I don't think there was a signature save in the third, but he still stopped a ton. I mean, and, the uh, thing the team is, made with, a lot of blocks in front of him. The thing is with Carter Hart is that it's. It's just all positioning. It's being smart. Yeah. It's knowing where to put yourself in the best best position to win. And yeah. <laughs> he's not making these incredible flashy saves. He's making very good saves. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's not flashy saves because it's just smart positioning, smart play. It's And the maturity this guy has shown in just a, a few weeks has been remarkable. Yeah. And going back to the... It's tough for a goalie that's really good positioning, I guess, to have highlight real saves. But there were saves tonight where you knew the team in front of him just kind of left him to uh, hung him out to dry. And the, I mean, there was a Bergeron got was wide open in the slot from in the lower slot tonight, and he stopped that shot point blank. Uh, Ryan Donato had a chance after Sanhai fumbled a puck on a breakaway and stopped him. And then there oh, that was, was a, awesome! That was awesome. And, yeah, and then Carter Hart, the uh, the the one big concern about him is his rebounding a little bit, or not a little bit, but that it's a concern. And he had a pretty bad rebound uh, in the in the third period that bounced right to Pasternak, but then he was able to slide across the crease and and shut that down as well. And as Gudis was able to block 
unable to block the shot. Even with that rebounding control, he still is so much better at controlling rebounds than the other Flyers goalies we've seen yeah. this year, all 39 I mean, of them. <laughs> yeah, even tonight, like I, it wasn't a thing where it felt like he was just getting lucky with the rebound. I think that was the only one I noticed that was You're right, not, not great. That was the, one of the concerns coming out of camp was yeah, that he, his rebounding had issues. But, um, I mean, if we looked at, again, the multitude of Flyers goalies, I, I mean, I had a joking number before, but they, they've had six other goalies this year. Six other goalies. And they yeah. all have had problems with rebounding or basic saves. And uh, Carter Hart just coming in and even having competent goaltending and not hurting himself in the process is just a remarkable feat that makes all the difference with this club. Yeah, I just enjoy that. Saying the other goalies couldn't stop basic shots is it, it's actually a fair point to make. It's a fair I point. mean, like, yeah, like this tonight's game, I, the defense, like the team defense overall early in the season was absolutely atrocious. And then they kind of started the right to ship, and they have for, I guess, uh, some games this season, but tonight was just this looks like it, this looked like it could have been one of the first games of the season with how much they were just leaving. Uh, things open for the Bruins and just letting them kind of dictate play. But I mean, the Flyers uh, had I mean, to still block what about 30 shots? I think so. Actually, I can look that up real quick. Carter it, it Hart was... had to make close to 40 saves. The Flyers blocked close to 30 shots. <laughs> just ridiculous. Yeah. I, I also, speaking of the, the shot disparity to kind of put into, um, give you a big picture of how much that the Flyers got dunked on tonight in terms of uh, territorial play. Uh, the minus 24, minus 23 uh, shot differential, 42 and 19, is their second biggest negative differential since the start of 2016-17. Last season, they won a game against the Flames. The, the game that they beat the Flames that ended the 10-game losing streak, they were outshot 45-21. to 21. And that's the only game ever the last three seasons where they've been outshot by 23 shots or more. Uh, and then they were out attempted 84 to 34. That's the second most shot attempts against since the start of 2016, 17 uh, in a game that Steve Mason stole for them against the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers had 85 shot attempts to the Flyers 51. That was a game where uh, Voracek won in overtime. It was in the middle of their 10 game winning streak in 2016, 17. So a lot of a lot of pucks were thrown Carter Hart's way tonight, and he managed to get them a win somehow. Yeah, great Which, game. Uh, and the I I mentioned the maturity, uh, the poise from this kid is fantastic. Like all those buzzwords, he is somebody you wouldn't think he's only played a few NHL games. He is well beyond his years. He's twenty years yeah. old, youngest goaltender in the league, and he's helped stabilize at least in some games. Uh, perhaps one of the worst teams in the league. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not by perhaps. The way, 30... If you look at the standings, they are. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, 30, 30 blocks shots. So you're right. But no, uh, I mean, yeah, you're, it could have been, it would have been very easy tonight for a, a young goalie like Carter Hart to kind of get flustered, especially late in the game, realizing that, you know, being in the middle of what he was doing, which was essentially really stealing the game for the Flyers, and then eventually just kind of let the Bruins come back into it. And even the the the, the last goal at the end was, I mean, the 
Halak was on the bench, and it was a pretty good deflection in front by uh, Solaric. So I'm not really not only goals tonight. I would put on Carter Hart, and he he kept it from being four to one, five to one, really early on. So I mean, it was really it was all pretty much Carter Hart and Sean Couturier. Yeah. And by the way, I I Life do time. fully acknowledge that I said stabilize, and I am aware that the Flyers are only two points out of dead last in the NHL. So <laughs> stabilize is a very loose term here, but. There is a draw to the Flyers right now on certain nights that they didn't have before. Uh-huh. And there is a reassuring presence back there, especially if the team does show up and score goals like they have the past couple nights. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, and, and the penalty kill, they gave up a goal early tonight, but they also killed off a five minute major. I mean, at the beginning and of the then... season, they let up about 16 goals in such a scenario. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And uh, I I think coming into the game it was over eighty three percent. I'm not quite sure what it is now. Uh, but under Hackstall is a full ten uh, percentage points lower. So the penalty kill has gotten better, and I think yeah I think you have to chalk some of that up to Carter Hart too because the old saying is your best penalty killer is your goalie. They're up to seventy six uh, right now. Seventy six. Okay. Ten I, nine I, eight seventy six percenters. <laughs> So I mean, overall, that's you know going up three percent in a little bit of time. But I mean, I think under they under were Gordon, abysmal I think, before they were just the worst penalty kill in the league by far. Yeah, and I think under Gordon, it's like eighty, eighty something. I have to do the math. Uh, but but the five minute major too. We should talk about how much Yoria Latera is just absolutely horrible in every single way up. right now because uh, off the ice stuff, and then he takes. T- Took two pretty bad penalties tonight, and the second one that was a five and a major. There was, that was like the most preventable hit. There was no reason to even hit um, Donato there. Yeah, could have easily just weird move from from your old there. And man, how is this guy even in the lineup? How is this guy even out of prison and in (laughs) North America still? I I don't get any of this. No, I I don't get any of it either. And it was, you know, new management comes in, and it's still a thing where he's like, he, he's still here. Like, how's and he was scratched for a bit, and then yeah. they're just like, you know what, we need to make a change. Put in Laterra. Yeah, it, it's funny. I mean, they're they're doing all these things to get rid of the, uh, like the son of Hextall, I guess. Like all the moves they did after they fired Hextall, like firing. Pryor and Mort Murphy, and then they uh, put Pickard on waivers, and now they trade away Wheel and Weiss, who are two guys that you could kind well, of point back to. They, were pretty big, they like, traded Wheel, and they put Weiss through waivers, but nothing has happened with Weiss. Right. Let's right. make that clear. And, Dale Weiss is still very much a Philadelphia Flyer or yeah. a Lehigh Valley Phantom, but he's in this organization and he's still Dale Weiss, and he's still under contract here. I just yeah. want to make this abundantly clear. He has oh, no, no. not People been traded that, yeah. away. But you, you mentioned him in the same breath as Jordan Wheel being traded away. So I just want right. to make this clear. It's an attempt. You guys didn't he miss was... something. Yeah, yeah. They were – He Fletcher's trying to get Weiss out of here, I think is what's going on. It's so like now... you dangled some bait out there, but the bait is like an old smelly turd. <laughs> I mean, Dale Weiss is the Dutch Gretzky. He's a shining golden hockey player. The best example of hockey. Flesher's just like looking around the league. He's like, you guys don't want this half-eaten Snickers bar that was on the ground? No? 
All right. You uh, guys you got 30 days want... to pick it up. Just you guys don't want the uh, the baby Ruth that looked like a turd in the pool in Caddyshack? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, Dale Weiss went on waivers and nothing happened. That was actually part of the reason we waited to record to, until tonight and didn't record last night because we wanted to see if anybody actually had the balls to claim Dale Weiss. And it turns out the rest of the league is full of cowards. Pretty much. R- real quick, though, to finish off that point. All these guys, though, that have are like, I guess, classified as truly Hextall guys or like some of the minor moves. They're all out of here except for Yuri Laterra, who I guess they're just going to ride it out and let him leave the organization at the end of his contract without, I guess, trying to speed it up and get him out of here quicker. Uh, but yeah, Dale Weiss, on waivers yesterday, wasn't claimed. Not sent down to Lehigh Valley yet. And I believe I saw that the Flyers have 30 days to either send them down or play them again or whatever. I don't know. But uh, 11 points in 42 games this season. Uh, as a Flyer, as a Flyer's played 152 games, Steve, do you have any idea how many points he has? 152 games. But we're talking about your old still, yeah. right? No, this is Dale Weiss. Oh, Dale Weiss. Uh, yeah. Okay, 152, 152 games? 152 games. 11 points in 42 games this year. So how many points did he get in the other 110 games? Does he, have, he, does he have 30 points total as a flyer? A little more. Give him a little more credit. I'm not giving this guy 30, any credit. 34 points. Dale! One more year at $2.35 million. Don't stop the party. 30, 30 years old. Uh... Negative 4.45 relative Corsi 4 percentage. Negative 5.14 relative Corsi 4 percentage last year. 16-17 was the only year he actually had some some tangible return on the ice. He was uh, a negative 7.04 relative Corsi against per 60 player, which the more the lower it goes for relative Corsi against per 60, the better. He was the 12th out of 287 forwards who had 705 and five minutes or more. So 16-17, whenever he was on the ice, something happened where the other team just couldn't get chances. He didn't produce anything offensively, but at least when he was out there, you knew their Flyers probably weren't going to get scored on. That's pretty much, or weren't going to generate a ton of chances against. Besides that, he's pretty much been useless here, besides becoming best friends with Nolan Patrick for some Nolan reason. Nolan Patrick just sounded weird. so sad when uh, Weiss was put in waivers. Just like yeah, it sounded like his dog best. died. He was just yeah, he was really depressed about it. It's like he's not go- he's still here. Maybe that's Nolan, you know maybe that. that's why we need to get Dale Weiss out of here because if <laughs> Dale Weiss is teaching Nolan Patrick how to play hockey, that explains why <laughs> Nolan Patrick had a huge goal goal slump. But the the cameras didn't catch it, but when Nolan scored each of his goals each of uh, his two goals on Monday, he screamed Dale like he was screaming, like Tom Hanks screamed Wilson in uh, Castaway. They didn't catch that, but he got really... Dale! Dale! <laughs> Dale! Weiss! Yeah, so it's just, it, it, it's it's a tough time for Nolan Patrick. Uh, but maybe it's getting better. Not old friend around. But yeah. you notice his very old friend is gone, and he gets a couple goals. Yeah. Yeah, and then tonight, I guess he was back in the thinking. Uh, he knew Dale Weiss was coming back. So he was like, all right, I can I can go back to high now on the ice. I don't need to do much again. <laughs> <laughs> no, Patrick has a four-point game. I'm still making. Just dunk it Actually, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're done talking about Dale Weiss. No, nobody fucking cares about Dale Weiss. He, he, <laughs> I think somebody is, I think uh, Fletcher is still going to try and move him within these, uh, whatever the timeline is before he has to be. But if no one claimed him on waivers for free, for free, I don't look. Why the hell would somebody want to give up a tangible asset? You know, you say that, but I, there's been instances in the past where. A guy's gone through waivers and somebody has traded for him. I don't understand that, though. I don't understand either, but it's NHL GMs we're talking about. And Peter Shirelli does still hold a job as a GM for a professional hockey team. On this edition of Hockey Men. (laughs) By the way, I don't know if you've seen that, but there's been like a huge widespread panic in Edmonton where every Edmonton beat writer has written an article in the last five days just being like, Okay, we need to fire Shirelli now, like right now. Because he's now definitely gonna make another move. This. Like, I think it, was I think it just now like another... you took a look at the Lucic contract and no. said, "Man, that's bad." No, I think they all. I think it's because they're losing again, and he keeps making these trades. And every beat writer is just like, "Okay, we can't. We actually cannot keep doing this." Brandon, he's get out of here, Manning, Brandon Mandog. Yeah, they traded for the Mandog. I cannot believe that to this day. I, it, it is just a stunning move. Did you see uh, Down Goes Brown put out like kind of the worst contracts NHL team that you can work with the salary cap currently? I did see I did see that. I didn't read it, though. The, the man dog he... made the cut. Did he? Andrew McDonald I mean... did not. Uh, too expensive and only has a year left. Yeah. So yeah. the, the I... man dog made the cut, though. I mean, the thing with Manning was like, God, when he first came up, it was like a great story because he spent all this time in the AHL. And, and they're like, hey, like, finally yeah, made it. Good for him. He's just fine. He's just fine. Yeah. And, then and then he got continually worse. And then. Uh, yeah, he was fucking terrible. Well, and, like he. And that's why I, I just can't fathom why Chicago was like uh, two plus mil. Yeah. I, I, can't like, that... I thought that was the total contract when he signed. No, that was a year. That's per year, as Bob McKenzie would say, but. Yeah, and then and then somebody else traded for him. I don't get. There's some. He has to be the most coveted bad player in the league. I think. How does hockey him, work, Craig? How does I, hockey work? I mean, the Chris Chris Russell passed the torch from, uh, for being the most beloved terrible hockey defenseman to Brandon Manning, I think. And now Brandon Manning will probably get dealt again. Whenever uh, whenever Shirelli gets fired, he might get dealt again before the end of this contract. Uh, Nolan Patrick, real quick. There was a uh, in Elliot Freeman's third month thoughts this week. There was a blurb on uh, Patrick. Uh, thought number nine from Elliot. Uh, think there were some teams wondering if Philadelphia would be as married to Nolan Patrick now that Ron Hextall is no longer running the show. Current GM Chuck Fletcher stood up for him prior to the player ending a 24 game goalless drought Monday night. It's hard to find big right shot centers, and Fletcher recognizes that. I don't want Nolan Patrick traded. Uh, that's what this blurb kind of feels like they're throwing out there. He's uh, 20. That there might be. Yeah, he's young. And he's I mean, really he's, young. Like there's young. And he's shown flashes. And really young. Yeah. I mean, last year he, last year in the second half, he killed it. It was the first half where he was transitioning from the WHL to the NHL coming off that injury and surgery. And he still managed to have a pretty good second half of the season this year. I mean, I, I'm, I guess it was. It's just a sophomore slump. I really don't know. And the whole team sucks, so it's not really. It's not like Nolan Patrick is holding them down, but you'd still like to see a little more out of him. But like I mean, when he's on, more. he's on. Yeah, when he's on, yeah. he's on. And I know he's got the hands. He was showing the hands yeah. last year, where he's 
He's got that vision. I think he, he, I think I really want to see him under a good coach. Yeah. No no offense to Scott Gordon here, but like, I want to see him under whoever the next like permanent. And I say permanent knowing the Flyers coaches usually last two years tops, but the next, what should be permanent coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. I want to see what that guy can do with Nolan Patrick. I want to see what that development looks like. I also don't get, I mean, I'm, uh, we're trying to, I'm going to try and decipher Hackstall's decisions here, which is going to be impossible, but I still don't understand why early, early in the season when Limblom and Patrick were killing it as a duo. And then they have three games where they didn't look bad. They hit the post like three or four times. And then Hackstall is just like, all right, got to break them up. And then the two just haven't looked the same since. I don't understand why that was the thing. And it's like, and now it, the, the stretch of play from Limblom and Patrick, it wasn't, wasn't like they were killing it and just getting unlucky and just not able to find the back of the net. Like, I mean, Patrick, Patrick last week had a game where he had a pretty nice rush and eluded a defender and got a shot on goal. And we talked like everybody talked about it. Like, Oh, there's Nolan Patrick. Like that was his highlight for like a month. And some nights you don't even know he's playing. And then Limblom, I, it was the same type of thing. And I, it's not like when Wayne Simmons, I guess was struggling for a little bit and he was like, just missing. Uh, dunks on the crease on the power play, and you're like, "Well, he's eventually going to start scoring again." This is like outside of Monday night. Just he's been kind of invisible all season. Although tonight he did get robbed by Halak on that. There was a good passing play in the first period tonight. He did, and maybe and, he's yeah. starting to make that stride like he did in the yeah, second no, half of I mean, last season because he did something similar yeah. last year. But who knows? It's his second year, and I, I really yeah, want to see. As I just said, like I want to see yeah. what a different coach can can do with Nolan Patrick to develop him because I think he needs more guidance. I think he needs to figure out exactly what kind of NHL player he's going to be. There's a lot, there's a long ways to go on Nolan Patrick. So if you're giving up on him, uh, don't be stupid. Yeah. I, yeah, that's kind of how I feel like, I think it's fine to be, I guess a little peeved at a season, but I I think giving up on him as a whole right now is kind of, it's kind of crazy. I, would, I really want to see what he does next season. Yeah. And then uh, I, I think next year there. is, I, I, I think people expected him to take a certain stride this year after the second half that he had last year. But mm-hmm. um, he struggled as we all know, but I don't know. I, I think there's just miles to go on this kid and yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. it's way too early to make any, any snap judgments, but I feel like it, in, in today's uh, instant satisfaction internet world, it's just so easy to make a, a snap decision on someone like Nolan Patrick. That's just my two cents, though. I thought you were going to go in the direction of like a uh, like a new tech company giving their presentation on a new phone. In today's world of instant gratification. In today's world of instant gratification, you think Nolan Patrick can be an all-star second line center. Well, you're wrong. The world is changing. I present you with should have drafted Pedersen. <laughs> the iPhone Z. Uh, did you want to you want to talk a little Jordan wheel here? In, in Canada, it's the wheel? iPhone Z. Anyway, um, yeah, nice. let's talk some wheel. Sick language joke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is, is that that's my that? number one weird Canada thing is, you, uh, no, you, I was Z instead say, of Z. I, 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 it drives me insane. But like, why is that a thing? Do you know why that's a I thing? I have no idea why it's a thing. All right, we have can- we have listeners in Canada, I believe. They'll, like, they'll explain it to us. They they, will. There was they a will. like, 
but I, I can't imagine explaining to a child that, that zoo is spelled Z-O-O. <laughs> Just keeps you up at night. He's like, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Like, Whenever I have a kid and they want to go to the zoo, I'm going to have to have a long talk with them and just sit down. Imagine trying to spell the full Harry Zolnerchuk name and remember that there's a Z in there. Come on. <laughs> well, there was a podcast I used to listen to. I think it's still out there. I just have uh, called Real Good Show. And it was three guys from Canada. And they spelled out a word once early on, and they said Z instead of Z. And I'm like, it's like an inside joke I don't get. Or is this actually like how it's pronounced up there? But I <laughs> guess I learned, I learned quickly that that's apparently what Canada's all about, just hockey and saying Z weird. And milk and so bags. Milk and bags. Yeah, milk and bags. Yeah. So, I I mean, they, special yeah, pitcher to drink some, some yeah. milk. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. It's a weird place. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Jordan be, Wheel. Before no, before you talk about Wheel, I just wanted to mention one thing because uh, Zolnerchuk reminded me of trivia, and uh, one of the other players you spelled out was Carlo Koliakovo. Yes. And <laughs> this morning, uh, Darren Drieger uh, retweeted Koliakovo, who apparently has a Twitter, and uh, <laughs> it was something about uh, this is Drew Doughty, one of the best D man in the league. Do you think he gets booed or gets traded for? Making the same mistake Jake Gardner made? No. Oh, we're going to talk about that later We're going to talk about that. But Koliakovo gave his two cents earlier. And I, th- I thought yeah. you, of all people, would appreciate I, that. I do appreciate that. Koli- Koli- Carlo Koliakovo, he of uh, 40 games with the Flyers? I believe so. Ever? And and can you yeah. spell Koliakovo off the top of your head? C-A-R-L-O. Yes. C O. L A I C No. Damn. Yeah. C O L A I A C O V O. C O V O. Damn. That's pretty bad. I can't even get that one. <laughs> trivia question. Uh, you know? <laughs> hey, I was told to pick. I, I was told to make hard questions and then mocked when the questions were hard when we asked the listeners. So I'm not taking. I'm not taking blame for that. Never. And never. There's never anything that's my fault. You should know that. You, of all people, should know that. I'm fully aware. Yeah, you're fully aware. Yeah. Jordan Wheel. Are we ready to talk to Jordan Wheel now? I will remember you. Yeah, pour one out. For this, uh, uh, Jordan Wheel, Arizona. Trade the, the Arizona Coyotes for a six-round pick in 2019. And a gentleman by the name of Jacob Graves. Uh, so the Flyers now have 10 picks in 2019, two thirds, two sixths, and two sevenths. Uh, Wheel had nine points in 28 games this season, 124 games with the Flyers. Steve, how many points did Jordan Wheel have? 124 games? Just 124 games. He had nine points in 28 games this season. So how many? You remember he had a really strong 2016-17. Right. Which so strong. garnered him a $1 million contract. <laughs> yeah. The thing but, is, I mean, Wheel was never expensive. Um, yeah. But the Canucks almost, they almost gave him a multi-year I, deal for like almost, $3 million or something. Almost wish they had given, uh, given Wheel, the, Wheel the deal. Uh, uh, I don't know right. because I would, I'm looking forward to the six-round pick this year. <laughs> I bet, Very excited I bet you about are. the six-round I bet you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tanner Lezinski part two. 60. 42. I went way over on him and way under on Vies. 19, 19 goals, 23 assists. I feel, but his possession numbers were always good. Yeah. So uh, that well, kind of. Did he have more hooking 
penalties or points for? Oh man, he took a crap ton of penalties this year, didn't he? A ton. Uh, we might have to look at. I went to one yeah. game where I'm like, so the offense took, looks oh, really. Yeah. The line he's on looks great in the offensive zone, but he's taking three penalties. Yeah, that was the Devils game, right? I remember that. Yes. That was terrible. And they were all not. They were all preventable penalties. So, uh, but the. I mean, I, I think I, yeah, I said it last week too, like the day before he got traded, but I, I finally understand why everybody fucking hated watching Jordan Wheel because he he's always pushing play. He's always doing noticeably good plays in the offensive zone to kind of extend cycles and I guess create chances, but none of it ever resulted in anything ever. Like, he's the, doing a lot of good shit, but it doesn't matter. 24 games. Yeah, it literally does not matter. And then he, I don't know. I mean, Jordan, Jordan wheel is ultimately, or not ultimately, he's the ultimate, what do they call it? A quadruple a player, right? Cause you have a triple a ball player yeah. who can't quite make yeah. it in the majors. So you call him a quadruple, quadruple a player, which is not that easy to say apparently. Um, <laughs> but wheel is that kind of guy where he was an all-star at the minor league level, perennial all-star kind of a, the same thing as TJ Brennan. But yeah. he just cannot stick in the NHL because I, I think his skills are just that in between. So um, good luck to him with Arizona. Is he playing tonight? Yeah, uh, He's played. Actually, I, I don't think I've noticed him. He's been on line with Clayton Keller and uh, Christian Fisher, though. Right now they're beating the Sharks. Yeah, they are beating the Sharks. Uh, no points yet. But yeah, he's been he's been getting some decent amount of ice time. That so sounds think- like Jordan Wheel. Yeah, I think they're going to give him a shot because, I mean, he was, uh, I believe he was a free agent after the season. And so they're... This is one of those deals that it makes sense for the Flyers, makes sense for the Coyotes. Go for it. Yeah. And also, real quick, Jacob Graves, this isn't a big, it's not going to be a big deal for the Flyers. This was a move that they need to throw in Graves so that the Coyotes could get under the 50 contract limit. Uh, but Graves, undrafted, 23-year-old right-hand defenseman. Uh, has never played in the NHL, 42 AHL games, where he's had eight points and 58 PIMS. Uh, he has already reported to the Reading Royals in the ECHL, but he did not play tonight in the Royals' win. It's a real the shame. Manchester Monarchs. Real shame he's not going to be an NHL guy because the name Graves is a badass one for a defenseman. Jacob, don't call me Adam Graves. Put him in the grave. <laughs> uh, Jordan Wheel in 738. Ice time has one assist tonight. Oh, first point as a coyote. Congratulations. Monumental day. The great people of Phoenix will never, or Glendale, yeah. right? Will yeah. never forget it. Yeah. Hashtag dig in the desert for Jordan Will. Good job out there, buddy. Uh, also, since we're talking Redding Worlds real quick. I'm we give are? You for, uh, real quick. I just mentioned the Redding Worlds. So I'm gonna I know, give you but a couple of stat like... lines. When do you Listen, talk Reading Royals? We're doing it right now. There are four people that uh, the listeners out there might know, so I'm going to get I'm going to update them on how they're doing the ECHL. Uh, Nick Luco, uh, famously drafted because his dad used to be involved with Comcast, still or might be I don't know. Uh, 14 points in 36 games. Frank Hora, H uh, O R A, who has been a camp invite the last couple of years, seven assists in 36 games. David Drake, three points in 28 games, and Tyler Brown, uh, two assists in 25 games. There you go. That is the only 25 seconds of uh, Red and Royals talk I'll probably get on, on the perps this year. So I hope you enjoyed it. Wow. But we're covering our bases. Yeah. Uh, 
so looking at with uh, an attempt to get Weiss out and Jordan Wheel already gone, who do you think is next to go? Uh, you got the UFAs for the summer are Simmons, Latera, Raffle, Phil Veroni, uh, Christian Follin, uh, Elliot Neuverth, Mike McKenna, Corbin Knight, Greg Carey. Uh, that's basically an all-star team you just listed. I feel like I feel like by the time this episode is posted, I Yori Latera could be gone. Like I, I think, think Latera might be the next to go just because he's worthless. Took a stupid five-minute penalty tonight. I, I, like yeah, the penalty tonight might actually be the thing that seals the deal because like right now there might be some kind of like internal tension with like those fucking idiots out here. You know, international drug case. We can win now. We have to play them. And then he's given a chance tonight, and he takes two bad penalties, and one of them was a pretty could have been very costly. And uh, I, I just feel like there's no reason to just have him around. I, I feel like he could just be on waivers tomorrow. Right, and you can throw uh, so many people in that spot where he's getting what eight yeah. minutes of fourth line time. Like, yeah, who gives he's a shit? fourth line time. Yeah, I, I mean, at this point, I think they were hoping that Weiss would have been grabbed i think one way or another trying to open up a spot and maybe call up like nak again or somebody just somebody to uh, I guess, nak bring out, i don't even care if it's vecchioni get anybody <laughs> up here instead of yuri latera it's that simple yeah. all-star along the boards guess what he has to skate get to the boards and he can't skate for shit um i think latera should be the next to go uh, the first big name to go though, I, I I'm still banking on Simmons. Um, I think it's yeah. I mean, I I kind of wonder. Do you think Raffle's gonna get dealt? Do you think they can get something for Raffle? I feel like if you can get something. I feel for like Wheeler, you get a you mid get for Raffle, mid tier draft pick. Like what? What do you think yeah. you get for Raffle? A five? Oh, I I think whatever package you just gave Arizona for Wheel, I think you could probably get a little bit better for Raffle. I think you could too. Uh, Raffle's got. He's got a better NHL track record. Yeah. Uh, he's a better, I think, all-around player. And if you get a stat nerd, they'll appreciate Raffle for for who he is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think Raffle might be dealt. I know there's some people again that irrationally just despise the man for whatever reason, but uh, yeah. Raffle's a, a perfectly serviceable NHL player that you can kind of play in most situations, and he's not going to hurt your team in any way. Um, yeah. I could see Raffle getting dealt for maybe like a, a a fifth rounder and something. Yeah. Something like that. Um yeah. Folan? <sighs> I, I don't think Folan's gonna get I, I just don't see him getting traded. No, and there's there's not really a I point. think they're just gonna like, keep, you just him. keep him yeah. there. Um the only way you trade Folan is if you really want to bring up Phil Myers and, and you wanna said, keep McDonald as your press box guy. Yeah, I, which it's a possibility. I mean, and uh, did you see that hit that Phil Myers uh, laid on that guy tonight? It wasn't so much at the hit, but him just like stuffing this guy at the blue line and just completely yeah. eclipsing him. It was fantastic. He, he, I feel like he's ready to come up. So I, it's just a matter of moving bodies. That's why Folan's kind of interesting to me. And I don't, I mean, I, you know, I guess the pipe dream's always been there's a market for McDonald. But I think as we get closer to the end of the contract, the more likely it is somebody will, maybe not this trade deadline, but maybe just even next season, it'd be nice to get some kind of return for McDonald after all the turnovers and all the falling on his ass and all the things, all the pain he's brought us for the last couple of years. It'd be nice. When all the starfish action, all that hot starfish yeah. action. It'd be nice when, 
you know, we get a seventh for it. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped about that next season. Well, Craig, but, speaking of big trades, one of the Philly beat writers tried to break the biggest trade of the year the other night, and it completely <laughs> backfired in his face. Hold Are up, you hold ready? Up, hold up, hold up. Before, before I know where you go. Before we do that, oh, you bastard! I had a perfect I, transition, and you, you did, screwed you it did. up. I was gonna say, good night and good Drager, hockey. Tonight, I think Drager said that Simmons could be going to the Lightning, the Predators. Uh, the Flames, and there's another. I think the Bruins were also out there. So that's uh, a couple of teams apparently that might be looking at the end. You could have tied this in at the end. <laughs> Perfect transition. Talk about, talk, about, talk about what you want to talk about. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm killing it. We got this. Oh, perfect transition. Craig completely screws it up. I usually love the segue. I didn't mean. To, I didn't even mean to shoot that down. I just. I'm, I'm sorry. Ah. Uh, anyway, one of the Philly beat writers had a. He thought he had a scoop on his hands, and he just had just a complete disaster of a night. He had quite the opposite. Are yeah. you ready? Are you ready for a little edition of? Taking it to the beats. Taking it to the beats. Yeah, it's been a minute. The beats. Uh, Michael McDonald this and uh, start talking about our 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 favorite son. There's no truth to TSN report that Wayne Simmons is being traded to Edmonton for G Cam Talbot. No, I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> Sam Carcidi in the middle of the game the other night against the Wild tweets out Flyers say there is no truth to TSN report that Wayne Simmons is being traded to Edmonton. For goalie Tam, Cam Talbot, I almost said Tam Calbot, uh, Cam Talbot, <laughs> and right wing Jesse Pulleyarve. Pulleyarve, yeah, you got it. Story has since been removed. Okay, weird thing to put out there because, it, like, we were talking about this in the Broad Street Hockey Slack. What story is he talking about? No, nobody yeah. had the faintest clue what Sam was talking about when he put this out there, like there was no TSN report as far as anybody could tell. And unless it was up there for a millisecond and that was the millisecond that Sam was on TSN, it wasn't out there. So it kind of disappears. Everybody scratches their head and, and whatever. And then, and then Bob McKenzie gets wind of it. And Bob McKenzie brings the hammer of Thor down on Sam Carcitti. Yeah. And it's just, it's bad. Yeah, you never want to be on the uh, wrong side of an Uncle Bob debate because he'll definitely, uh, he'll definitely lay down the law unless you know what's going on. But it, it was just like <sighs> Mackenzie comes in and basically says there was no report like this. What are you talking about, Sam? It's bad. And you think maybe Carcitti just kind of goes like, "All right, maybe I was wrong." <laughs> Move on with my night. Sorry about that. But he doubles down. He doubles down. <laughs> of course he does. Slam and Sammy Samuel, yeah. comes back and says, here's the TSN post from today. Apparently, it was taken down a few minutes later. And he posts a picture <laughs> of some screenshot from Facebook on Roger's Wi-Fi or something that... Uh -huh. <sighs> There's so it's many not, it things. It wasn't a good Photoshop. It is a bad Photoshop. It's 
I, I, I don't know if Sam took a, a screenshot of his phone because this is in like the iOS photos program from like four years ago, if not more. So get an update, please. And like, this is just the most like wonky Photoshop I've ever seen. Like the word TSN is disappearing like Thanos snapped it away. Uh, it, oh, everything about it is just atrocious. And he posts this to, to Bob McKenzie, who's pretty yeah. much the, the godfather of NHL, <laughs> NHL breaking news writers, right? Like, yeah, he's the dude. And everybody's just like, what is wrong? And McKenzie <laughs> replies, Sam, as near as I can tell, you got duped by a fabricated screen cap that never existed on our website. <laughs> and Sam goes, thanks, Bob. Oh, it got the attention of the Flyers brass, which I guess is what some loser was trying to do. Uh, but I love how some loser. But I just love how it got the attention of the Flyers brass. It was 100% just Cartier being like, uh, well, is this happening here? And just Cartier him showing... got this, this ridiculously fabricated screenshot, walked down the hall to Chuck Fletcher and said, Hey, Chuck, what's up with this? Did Wayne Simmons get traded? <laughs> I picture like Fletcher just, just Cartier flips the phone to him and shows him the Photoshop. Fletcher just looks at the Photoshop, looks at Cartier, looks at the Photoshop. No, it's not. It's not real, Sam. And he's just like, oh, all right. TSN just making stuff up as usual. Oh, man. All about my business. It, it, I like, I, I got to give, you got to give credit to Sam a little bit here for looking Bob McKenzie in the face and telling him that he's lying about TSN. That takes, that, that takes a pretty big set of balls to do that. You got to give him a little bit of credit there. I'll give I'll give Sam a little bit, but uh, everything else that not not looking too great. No, not, not ideal. Exactly. Not, not ideal. ideal. And was there something to do with Frank Saravalli at some point too? Oh, uh, because, <laughs> because somebody former Daily News beat writer Frank Saravalli. Somebody somebody had a picture of Drew and then with like Microsoft Paint. Uh, scribbled on the picture of Drew. Flyers trade Drew, Drew. to Sharks stuff. Did, yeah, for stuff. Flyers TSN. trade Drew for stuff, yeah. And then tweeted at Carcini. He was like, breaking news, Sam. And then Frank Saravelia retweeted it. And then Carcini was like, oh, Frank retweeting this being as classy as usual. Some things don't change or something. Not a <laughs> thing. But pretty much just Saravelia just making fun of him and then uh, Cartier is getting pissed. So, by the way, I I thought we hadn't done taking it to the beats in a while. I forgot that we talked about Sam last week <laughs> for the AOC thing. Yeah, so it's he's been he's having a bang up couple days here. I love Sam. I love yeah, Sam so much. Really... Sam and Sammy. I, this was just the most bizarre thing I've seen from a Flyers beat writer since Randy J. Miller was in town. Oh yeah, and I, and you know we've been missing that because Randy J. Miller had some. I mean that dude spicy fucking takes. No, nobody they can were... take a picture of a walking boot like Randy J. Miller. <laughs> he was also the one that he did start the uh, the Bobby Ryan rumors. Bobby Ryan rumors uh, from the golf course. I, I thought he also did the uh, Giroux not scoring at five on five goals at home. I think he did that too. 
Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was him or Parent. He was a I, menace, I was, complete yeah, menace. He was just, just a wrecking ball on uh, on social media. And uh, I mean, you know, again, credit to Sam. He's he's trying to fill fill in those shoes, and they're they're big shoes to fill. And uh, he, at least he's trying. Taking it to the beats has not been the same since Tim Panaccio. It, it's and Randy it's J. Miller rough. were around. Yeah, it's Sam, yeah all we got is Sam we got Dave Isaac. Dave Isaac, you know, it's actual like you know, I guess like credible reporter actually, actually does you know the proper report actual journalism yeah. yeah doesn't post you know dumbass takes online and uh Carcitti, i mean you know making talking about former flyers can only get so old talking about former flyers bobby ryan i mean and boric's too busy talking about his suits or yeah you know talking head, about global warming so leading his hate marches against the, the color future or something so i don't know but <laughs> there's <laughs> like Carcitti. I, I'm glad he's back. He's coming back. He's announced he's back, and uh, I'm looking forward. I don't. Guess I mean, I have back. no idea what he has Guess in store for next week. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? <laughs> Guess who's back? Guess who's back? I think next week uh, he he flies in Bobby Ryan to go to practice with the Flyers, and he's like, "Oh, look at this! Oh my God. <laughs> Check this out!" <laughs> Johnny Gaudreau spotted wearing Flyers memorabilia. <laughs> who knows what happens next? If if Bobby Ryan or Johnny Gaudreau got traded to be on the same team and then they played the Flyers with JVR, do you think Carcitti would just start, He would, like, he would just have a heart attack in the press box? Like, that would just be it? <laughs> He'd be like, there's too much Jersey. There's too much potential local. Flyers or former Flyers here. So yeah. much local. <laughs> it's glorious. My God. Also, by the way, circling back to that trade rumor, Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I 100% do Wayne Simmons for those two. Can you imagine Talbot and Hart in the same... I mean, this is cute and fun and all, having 17 goalies this year, but it would be kind of nice to have just two... Like, stable that, goalies? Yeah, that weren't made of glass and also could stop a puck. Because like, I know Talbot... I don't know if Talbot's having a great season this year, but... It's not great. Two years ago, uh, two years ago was the season where the Oilers were one of the worst teams in turn in terms of like high danger chances against and it was pretty much just Cam Talbot standing on his head. So I'll take that as a a guy who could play forty eight uh forty five games with Carter Hart. I mean after tonight uh, I'm thinking Carter Hart plays a good chunk of next season. Yeah t- Talbot's actual... got a sub nine hundred save percentage right now. Yeah and a three one seven GAA. All right, so not a great season. Maybe throw but... in a pick too. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I will pull the RV. Pull the RV, Cam Talbot, and a third rounder for Wayne Simmons. Yeah. Done. I think pull the RV might have some of that Edmonton effect when he leaves, though, because once, you know, good players that play in Edmonton, once they go somewhere else, tend to get a spike in production. And, uh, and they're the, in full on panic mode right now. They're just completely. Yeah, that's what I was, the, all yeah. the reports out of Edmonton are Edmonton Oilers are in desperate need of a forward, they're in panic mode. And it's like, oh, you just got to think, how can RGM take advantage of this? Yeah. Well, the, it, that's what I was trying to say before. It was, it was funny. I was looking for links for the flyby. I realized there's one article out there. Dave Staples, who writes for the Edmonton Journal, the title of the article uh, verbatim was like, is there not a, is there a single Oilers fan that's looking forward to Shirelli's next move? <laughs> just ripping apart Chiarelli and then Mark Spector who's usually like one of the biggest homers for the Oilers I, I saw him have like a, a, a clip for Sportsnet the other day and he was 
he was saying like every move trade he's made is horrible and they have to get him out of there quick before he makes another move and sets back the, the franchise even more and that kind of thing. So I don't know what's happened. I don't know if Edmonton's just finally like, why has he not been fired? And all the beat writers, you know, met up and were like, yeah, we got to get him the hell out of here because this is insane. It's like they looked but, up and saw the, the flaming wreckage playing with Connor McDavid and said, oh, this is a problem. <laughs> yeah. Like usually the, the, the thing with the Oilers beat writers for a while was they used to really carry the water for the team and it was just obnoxious because they would like they because there were people that were defending the the, the hall for larson deal and they were like no <laughs> this actually this is fine yeah and like now that that's why i was saying this week because even those writers were like yeah he's surely's gotta get the fuck out of here because this is not we can't be doing this again he gotta go so, yeah he's gotta go i i think too the big the big reason why they're pushing it now is the uh the the bye week's coming up so they you know, after these games, they don't want him. <laughs> There's plenty of time to get rid of him and then have the new GM, like, come in and kind of get settled with everything. Kind of like uh, when the Flyers uh, brought in Fletcher during that downtime when they had, like, two games in 12 days or whatever. So I think that's why there's a big push for it for right now. And, uh, yeah. So that's uh, Sam Carcini. Took it to the beats, and... Uh, we took it Sam, to I, the beats. Yeah, excited to see what he does next week. I have no I, 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 I actually cannot wait. I feel like he's going to get duped at least one more time by a fake trade, trade rumor. <laughs> it's going to be something like a real obnoxious. <laughs> Flyers trade John McClare to the Kings. Can you believe that? He's a legend here. <laughs> I don't know why they're just trading John McClare around. <laughs> Uh, you want to talk about the uh, JVR and Couturier? We already talked talked about uh, Nolan Patrick doing. Let's talk about JVR and Couturier. So uh, JVR had his fourth career hat trick on Monday. Uh, second with the Flyers. Last one was March twenty sixth, two thousand eleven, in a four to one win over the Islanders. That seven was, uh, years and a while ago. Been a weird uh, seven years, two hundred ninety four days between regular season hat tricks. For a flyer, which is the longest gap in franchise history, uh, eclipsing Clark's six years, 260 day gap. That's a stat brought to you by uh, Sam Carcitti. So, Sam, just do stuff like that. Just put out interesting stats. You don't need to, you know. Like, why don't you look to your right? Do you see Bill <laughs> Meltzer sitting there? <laughs> yeah. Do what Bill does. Yeah, seriously. That, that, that is a very, that is true. This is a very Bill Meltzer stat. So, maybe even he put that out there as well, but. Like Bill puts out really interesting tidbits, and when he sees legitimate stuff, he puts it out there and isn't like desperate to to get a scoop or anything. Bill just puts out solid stuff, and people respond. And yeah, that's all you got to do, Sam. Yeah, and and speaking of somebody who's desperate for attention and uh, it's usually not credible and is uh, pretty bad at his job, but there's a staff from Kurt here that he put out. Uh, JVR, I know, right? I got to do it. Uh, JVR in his time at Toronto, uh, 0.37 goals per games played, 0.71 points per games played. JVR this season, before tonight, uh, 0.37 goals per games played, 0.70 points per game played. So I think JVR is doing fine. I think he's doing fine also. I think he has gotten over his injuries, which was a problem, I think, for a little bit. And he looks healthy. And he's starting to move the puck. He's getting some good. Ch- that one goal he had the other night, I'm trying to remember which game it was. Uh, was I think it was the Devils game. 
He had a oh, really was... awesome goal. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean, that was really good. And the even the goals he got on Monday, the first one was a ridiculous redirection on the five-man power play unit, which we haven't talked about yet. Oh, yeah. And then the other one was him going to the net, uh, just drove to the net and had the puck go off of him. But he's still... It was. It would have been a great screen if, even if it was given to Jarrell. And I feel like he's a lot better. He's a lot better passer than I remember him being uh, when he was here in Philly the first time. And then I definitely lot... feel like he's a better passer, and he's an overall better player in a lot of ways than he he was yeah. in Philadelphia. Well, even like just what I expected coming out of Toronto. I mean, like you always heard about him scoring goals in Toronto, but like I feel like you should set up a lot of chances, even if. They haven't produced goals here, but yeah, I feel like he was always buzzing positively in the offensive zone in Philadelphia when the first time, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah, never yeah. really uh, finished. He he was a pretty bad finisher. Um, I think back to the second, so that when they played the Bruins in 2010, they came back and then they played them again and they got smoked oh, ex- and everybody sucked in that series, except for JVR who seemed to be doing everything but scoring. Well, and then game two of that series, he had, I think he had two goals, but there were, he had legit five chances where he could have had, he could have had like, had like goals, a four, six goal goals. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, that was probably his best game in his first tenure with Phil. But I feel like now, and this is all eye test stuff, but like the first time he was here, I feel like he used to always drive to the outside and try and do this one handed move where you'd hold it off a defender and then like backhand a puck at the net. <laughs> yep. But like now he's just, I guess, cause he's, older and stronger he's just going to the fucking net like he's just going to the net and then just like looking to put in garbage or create a screen in front and i I I feel like most of his goals flyers desperately need a guy who will do that because it i think that one of the most frustrating things about the philadelphia flyers is is the current iteration of the flyers is that a lot of the fans feel like they waste their time just trying to get the perfect goal every time instead of trying to get that greasy goal which you need any goal frankly. And sometimes he's got to throw it on net. Like Oscar Lindblom tonight, just threw it on net and it worked out. I mean, that was most of the time you get, get four goals on 19 shots. You're pretty much just, uh, you're just throwing stuff on that when you get the chance. Yeah. But But yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. That is a good point. I feel like sometimes you just got to get it to the net and you luck out. Yeah. If you ask most fans, the reason why the Flyers didn't score in a player probably one too many passes. It'd just be four check made an extra pass he didn't need to make. True made pass he didn't need to make. And the thing is, they're they're not wrong in a lot of no, occasions I, about this. Uh, there's there's definitely not, times yeah. when they are 100 percent wrong, and the Flyers are like on the power play. Yeah, like the power but, play, the Flyers are clearly trying to set something up. It's just yeah, yeah. But I, there are a lot of times where they make that extra pass where they just don't feel confident enough to get the the shot in there, and uh, to have a guy like JVR come in and get those shots on, try to get those greasy goals. That's a, a huge difference maker for this team. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, the, there's no way, I guess, of figuring this out, but I, I wonder how many times they've passed up a shot in the slot and passed it to somebody in the circle. I feel like that's a thing that happens. Like when they, when they're losing in games and they're, they're trying to do too much. I feel like that happens quite a bit. But yeah. That's, no, it's, uh, uh, that's classic flyers right there. Yeah. Uh, so 11 goals and 10 assists for 20. Actually, I don't know if he got any points tonight, uh, but he had 21 points through Monday, which would put him on pace for 24 goals and 46 points this season in 66 games. So I think I, I 
I feel like JVR was there. People were upset with him uh, when he first came back from the entry, but I feel like that was kind of obnoxious. I feel like he's just doing what he was expected to do now. I mean, twenty-four uh, you are goals. Correct and, uh, about that, and uh, no points for JVR tonight. Okay, so he's yeah, a bum so. again. Yeah, so he's a bum. <laughs> yeah, he's a bum. But like the last couple, he, uh, five goals and seven points now in the last four games, and he's been. I, he just looked more noticeable out there. I feel like he is just creating a lot more offensively. I mean, it's pretty easy to say about a guy that just had a hat trick, but he is, he's producing as advertised now. And I feel like he is not somebody we have to worry about going forward. And uh, I mean, somebody, I feel like Wayne Simmons is the only other guy that really consistently goes to the net into the greasy areas. So maybe that's uh do you think there's any chance Fletcher resigns Simmons? Because uh, they were talking, they're flowing that out there today. I think uh, there's but. always a chance, and I think it's more of a chance because he's a popular player in Philadelphia. Yeah, and I feel like, like so, the people I talk to about the Flyers in my everyday life. Okay, when I talk to them about Wayne Simmons, it's very different. Then when I talk to the people on Twitter I talk to or the people I talk to on the blog about Simmons, because most of the people I talk to on Flyers Twitter or in the Slack chat for the blog are realistic about this and realize that uh, selling on Simmons this year is the best way to go, especially because you yeah. can probably get a decent amount for him this year. Yeah, um, no, he's like one of the main pieces that can move this this trade deadline. But when like. you when you talk to an everyday non like hardcore looking at the numbers like us uh flyers fan the the possibility of trading wayne simmons is uh, kind of just a horrifying thought because he's i would say if you walk up to i don't know nine out of ten philadelphia sports fans you know not talking just strict flyers fans but philadelphia right. sports fans and you say who's your favorite flyer nine out of ten of them Maybe maybe seven out of ten of them say Wayne Simmons. Oh yeah, no, I he he does the two things that all Flyers fans love, uh, which is he scores goals and he punches people in the face. It's kind of hard not to like Wayne Simmons. And also, I think it helps him too that a lot of the goals he scores are just just fucking greasy, like they're blue collar goals. It's just him going to the net, uh, getting you know just getting abused by a defenseman and just scoring somehow. So I think that goes a long way. Because I think, uh, well, I guess Mike Newell also scored a lot of goals like that, too, and he wasn't as... You know what? He was a popular family. player here. He just didn't... Yeah. He didn't... Punch just, people in the face. He didn't punch people in the face, and he didn't yeah. play big hits on guys. That's yeah. the thing. Wayne Simmons is the total package. I've said this before. I'll say it again. This is a guy who was basically designed to be a Philadelphia Flyer, right? Like, when you yeah. think of that, that lunch pail, blue collar like tough guy Wayne Simmons does it all and again he scores goals on top of that so yeah you couldn't you couldn't create a better flyer than Wayne Simmons and for the average fan to hear the flyers are trading him, like what are they crazy but at the end of the day not only are you getting the best value you're ever possibly going to get for Wayne Simmons this year uh, especially because a lot of the playoff contenders keep talking about needing guys with grit and heart and all that, you know, intangible stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There's also the fact that Wayne Simmons 
is going to get a nice size raise after this year because the going rates for wingers are getting a little crazy right now. And I'm blaming Tom Wilson and the Washington Capitals for this first and foremost. That's actually what I was about to say. And that's the thing that uh, Drager, again, who was talking between the first and second or second and third, was saying that there's going to be a big market for Wayne Simmons because of Tom Wilson, because good teams in the East, like the Lightning or the Bruins, are saying to themselves, okay, we're going to have to match up against the Capitals here maybe, and we need to cancel out Tom Wilson's uh, douchebaggery. And Wayne Simmons is somebody in the past that has shown that he does not care for Tom Wilson's shit and would be willing to you know, go battle that guy in a series, kind of make it a war. Like he's, I mean, that's what he's done the last, uh, that's what he did in 2016, because I, I believe they fought in game one of that series, and it was kind of a back and forth all se- uh, series long. But that's what they were talking about, uh, Drager was talking about him and Michael Furland as being the two big name guys that are kind of rugged forwards that can also score points. And I think, I mean, I think most of the league will take Simmons over Furland. Uh, so the market is set. It's just a matter of what Fletcher is going to be able to, I guess, get back for him. Right. And the conflict ultimately comes down to, do you want to get the value for this guy or do you want to appease the season ticket holders? Right. Yeah. Which is, uh, I mean, it's Fletcher's actually, a, spot it, now. it's a legitimately tough question, especially is, yeah. with the flyers struggling in the ticket department as much as they have been the past couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a hard sell if a team finishes near the bottom of the league and you trade a, a fan favorite. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's just, I feel like it's something they've, we've been talking about for a while, but I think it's just something you got to do. Like, it's the painfully s- smart thing to do. It's the like, painfully it's smart thing to do, and I think that's a yeah. really good way to put it. Yeah. Um, Katoria. Transitioning to Katori real quick. Uh, third career hat trick tonight. First regular season hat trick, which is kind of funny because he had the he had the dueling hat trick with Drew in Game Two in 2012, and then he also had the was that his rookie year too? Yep, uh, yep. And the uh, he had the hat trick last year on a torn fucking knee ligament in a game the Flyers lost eight to five, and he had a hat trick and had five points, which was the uh, pretty much the. Uh, the fuck you game to all the Katoria haters and uh, yeah. nine points, nine points in the last five games. Now he's on a five game point streak, four goals, five assists. Uh, he's on pace for 33 goals and 33 assists this year for 66 points. Wow. No, that's well, actually a legitimate. Wow. Because yeah. I think a lot it of people, snuck, it snuck up on you, right? Like a lot yeah, of people, I think a lot of people yeah. were under the impression that Couturier was having a down year after his breakout year last year. And it turns out he's actually having a real solid year despite coming back from yeah. a horrific injury. Yeah. And that was the thing was, I think he, he only had like three points in the first however many games. He came back like 10 or 11. And uh, he's been a point per game player ever since then. And I mean, if he, he's on pace to clear 30 goals. And again, you know, you can't really just duplicate half the season but uh he's he's warming up here uh, i mean he's looked good the last couple of games and like i was saying before i think the Voracek limp line has looked fine the last couple of games so hopefully uh i like to see him just i, I want to see him get up there and point i hope he clears 30 goals again because i don't want to hear how last season was a fluke 
for him because yeah. he hasn't really changed. His, nothing's happened in his game. It's still well. He's leading the, the Flyers in points, yeah. or in uh, I'm not in points, but in goals by by four goals at this point after the hat yeah, trick. There so. you go. Yeah. And this is with being hurt. Yeah. And, and I, uh, points wise, he's tied for second now with Jake Voracek. How many does Drew have now? Fifty-two. So fifty-two. It's forty-seven Drew, games. Yeah, it's uh, Drew with uh, fifty-two, and then uh, Couturier and Voracek with thirty-eight. After that, man, you think Drew breaks a hundred again? It's looking pretty good. God, can you imagine? Imagine getting back to back a hundred point seasons on, on this, this waste of a team <laughs> and not getting an MVP like consideration. Just what a what a fucking shame. Last year was such a joke, complete joke <laughs> in every joke, way, yeah. shape, and form. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to throw this out there. I think Brad, maybe Brad or Kurt, who brought this up, uh, if theoretically, if the Flyers were to make the playoffs this year, and it's due to Carter Hart's play, you think Carter Hart gets any uh, gets any love for uh, possibly won the Hart Trophy? Oh, you're going with that heart for heart train. Yeah. By the way, which is a great album, by the way. I think they were throwing that out there as a borderline hot take, but I think it might be an actual interesting uh, discussion. If the Flyers make the playoffs, I think he's a hundred percent. I think he's got to be. If they turn, as they are currently fighting for ground with the Senators to not be the worst team in the league, I think if they somehow turn it around and they get more games like this tonight. Where the Bruins threw eighty-four shots at their net, and they only threw thirty-four at the Bruins. I, I think you have to. I think he's got to be talked about. Well, one of the things that we talked about early on for the Flyers was the lack of stable goaltending was such a, yeah. a big issue, and yeah. it not only affected just every night play of the Flyers, but also was a serious detriment to their shitty penalty kill. The penalty kill yeah. shitty, but it was made shittier by the goaltending behind it. The, I mean, the, the whole combination the, was bad. The penalty kill recently has not under Gordon. It hasn't been terrible. Oh, it's been much and better also, under Gordon. Much better, and because they're actually also, doing stuff. Yeah, under Hackstall, the, they were uh, just turtling up and saying like, "Well, uh, let's try and prevent a goal, guys." Yeah, they're being more aggressive now. Yeah, you're right. Um, the uh, but also it's very like Flyers goaltending issues, especially this year, are very visible to the rest of the league. Like the goaltending in Philadelphia has been talked about nonstop, which is why there is an absolutely killer graphic on the NBCSM broadcast tonight with the goaltending carousel the carousel oh it was like bad. they haven't that was like a monday night football graphic and i feel like NBCSM never invests in those types of graphics usually it's just the picture of the the player plain ass background and then like some numbers and they were like hey let's make fun of the flyers and really get like a full goaltending carousel going on here so but a, a thing like that where it's a weakness for a team that is known league wide if a if a twenty year old comes in and kind of carries his team somehow into a playoff spot, I feel like he would have to be. I don't even know who would actually be out there right now as we as we talk, but they were still a little bit a while away from having to figure that out. Yeah, there's a lot of season left to be played. I mean, McDavid's always going to be up there, right? Um, yeah. Right now, if you just look at the straight up like points leaders, uh, Kucherov is number one again. Uh, okay. Miko Rantanen's up there, McDavid, Johnny Gaudreau, Nathan McKinnon. I wonder if Gaudreau gets any love. Uh, I think Gaudreau should get a lot of love because that dude is no, amazing. Should, yeah. And I th- don't, don't get me wrong. The Flames are good. 
and the Flames have a lot of other good players, but Johnny Gaudreau is awesome and a huge He's difference a maker. Yeah. Uh, Kucherov, I feel like might just get some love because he's been out there the last couple of seasons. The Lightning are still good. McDavid should get it, and he might be. I mean, the Oilers, if they somehow straighten it out and get a wild card spot, I feel like it would be McDavid. Probably be uh, Brandon Manning. <laughs> he put it <laughs> all together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, I I think that Manning trade still just surprised me because it happened at all. It happened, but it was also like you have one good thing in Edmonton. You have one good player, and you go out and you get the one guy that can possibly get underneath his skin to and make him look him in the face every single day. Like why? Like why? He, I feel like McDavid hates Brandon Manning. Why even bring him in the locker room? You don't need him. Whatever. I mean, sure, really. I mean, you know, it's yeah. like when the X Men and Magneto get together. You bring the the worst enemy with the team of good guys and. Uh, they fight evil together, yeah. More, you yeah. know, greater evil. <laughs> uh, Except um, if you know Magneto in this case is just like the shittiest X Men villain. Yeah, for, uh, for the, the X Men need to get together with their shittiest villain in order to get the Edmonton Oilers to the playoffs. This is derailed. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm, I'm making a lot of sense right now. <laughs> Uh, I there we have some uh prospect news, a little prospect news, uh, nothing earth shattering, but uh, Matthew Strom was named the captain of the Hamilton Bulldogs in the OHL. Uh, he wow. has that is amazing because Matthew Strom for for him to overcome his non skating disability, and he's never skated. It's amazing, and he's <laughs> to become an ice hockey team captain. Yeah, it's really it does speak to the the rest of the skill set he has. So that's amazing that they gave it to him. Uh, of course, like I said, the only hockey player ever to wear sneakers while playing. So good for him. <laughs> that's actually uh, great for Matthew Strom, and uh, it, it looks yeah. like he's making some strides. I mean, uh, except you know, not with skates on. But Pun intent- oh, there you go, nice. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the thing about Strom, though, I mean, that's encouraging. And the guy wasn't so much drafted for the skating ability that we love to mock, but for having a good head for the game and, and being a smart player. He is, he's hopefully going to be the next Limblom, where Limblom had seemingly all the other tools except for skating, and the franchise was uh, able to correct that, and uh, now he's in the NHL. So hopefully that's what the game plan is with Strom. Uh, Strom has 50 points in 43 games this season, 19 goals. Uh, he is the Bulldogs' current career leader in games played with 235, goals with 112, and points with 218. And he's already signed to an ELC. So, yeah, hopefully, uh, I mean, he might be might be in the AHL next year, maybe. I, I mean, he's not going to be in the NHL, but he could be uh, the regular in Lehigh Valley next season. Uh, and then other minor uh, prospect news. The wide field for the Hobie Baker was announced um, today, I believe. Uh, right now, there's over 80 nominees, and two of them are 80 Tanner nominees. Luzinski. Good God. They, and then they whittle it down over time. Uh, Tanner Luzinski and uh, Wyatt Kalyanuk. So Tanner Luzinski nice. is second on Ohio State with 20 points, seven goals, 13 assists, and 19 games as a junior. Senior Mason Jobs leads the team with 25 points, and uh, the Flyers have until August 15th of 2020 to sign him. 
And then Wyatt Kalyanuk is third on Wisconsin with 16 points uh, in 20 games as a sophomore. And uh, Keandre Miller, who was the Rangers' first-round pick, or one of the Rangers' first-round picks, uh, 2018. Yeah, I think they had a couple, yeah. Uh, 2018 first-round pick. Freshman leads the team with 17 points in 18 games. Also defenseman, so that's the only defenseman that Kalyanuk uh, trails on that team. And uh, Flyers have until August 15th of 2021 to sign him. So uh, there you go with the prospect news. Uh, there was also, more importantly, new staple of this show, the new segment. There's, uh, of course, a Bachelor update. Steven, so are you ready? Uh, so, so ready. As, uh, <laughs> you sound excited. The, the president of the United Hate of America himself <laughs> this week. That, I'm naming myself the president of the United Hate of America for this Bachelor update. But I, I did enjoy last week's, your, your brother, Passed along some vital information. No, he's, he brought some more. He was ready this week. He had a draft ready. You know what? I'm excited. I, I, I've, yeah. I've changed my tune. I'm rescinding my title as president of the United Hate of America. I can go back to Kurt and uh, let's let's see what's <laughs> up with the with the So, so apparently he wanted to inform me that last week I said he hate watches it. He wanted to emphasize the point that he love watches it. So he wants everybody to know that. And also, uh, he said something about somebody named Chris last week. Thought it was a contestant. Apparently, uh, it was about the contestant and not the host, who is Chris Harrison, who I never knew what his name was, but I knew who he was because he's been on TV for goddamn ever talking about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. So his <laughs> sounds like a lonely week, existence. <laughs> yeah, that's really. Yeah, I mean, do well, you actually, think it's not lonely. Probes? He's he's meeting a a whole field of, you know, ten plus people every year. So yeah, yeah, so. Do you think him and uh, Jeff Probst just get together and they're just like, hey, man, it's lonely out here being a They have a club a that they go show. to. Yeah. It's uh, Probst, it's this guy, it's Seacrest, and it's uh, Carson Daly. And they just they smoke some stogies <laughs> and uh, drink some drink some twisted teas and reminisce. And Carson Daly, I feel like Carson Daly has to be the least skilled person that's famous. It's got to be. I don't know. This is accurate. No, I, I agree yeah. with your assessment here. Yeah, I feel like he's got to be up there. Like, yeah, but, um, at least like Seacrest is like, okay, this guy. Seacrest this is a guy who hosts things, though. right? Yeah, is yeah. the guy who hosts things. Carson Daly just looks like a guy that grabbed off the street to be like, you want to host some stuff? He's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess, man. I, like his career got, his career took off because he was like, hey, welcome to TRL. I can Here's talk about. video. <laughs> I can count down 10 music videos every day from. <laughs> Limp Biscuit to NSYNC. What's up? How you doing? Video number nine is from Christina Aguilera. Here we go. And then you just that's all he did for like years. That's for years. For years. Uh the Bachelor update this week though, uh from Ian is a uh, quote The Hannah and Kaylin backstory is a spicy meatball. Demi is this season's Corinne. Whose idea was it to put a hot tub in the desert? Okay, so, so hot tub in the desert's a great idea. It's the best that idea is... I've ever heard. Uh, in the desert? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess you know, you're just yeah. making the situation hotter. I did not watch last season. I know Corinne was apparently the like a hot like tea on a hot chick. day. Yeah, well, I think only you like that. I believe that was. I don't uh, know if that's a... a hot drink on a hot day, uh, young man. <laughs> that's that's what you drink. <laughs> don't ask. 
Don't ask. <laughs> okay, well. And uh, I, I have to give props to the, the use of spicy meatball. Always a big fan. Uh, yeah. It's a yeah, spicy yeah, meatball. Okay, yeah, cool. He likes dropping that in there. So so there you go uh, for those that listen or watch. You know, I guess I hope nobody just listens to The Bachelor. That'd be pretty depressing. <laughs> but uh, so if you're out there and you're and, and you watch, hopefully you enjoyed that segment. It turns out this is just a pilot program for. <laughs> for I mean, for Craig, I, I brought I brought this in because I wasn't expecting to have that much, uh, you know, fire stuff to talk about towards the end of the season because I thought they were just gonna mail it in and anything. And then this week they decided to wave the always trade Jordan Wheel and then score seven goals on the Wild and get a bunch of hat tricks so we actually had stuff to talk about but well, the, my game of thrones updates start in april that's when the podcast <laughs> is going to get real yeah they, at some point in the near future in like april may this podcast is just going to be game of thrones bachelor updates and then uh just and uh, carter hart love for at least 10 minutes uh draft talk correct draft corner i mean i'll find I, I will make up a fact every week about carter hart if i have to <laughs> oh definitely absolutely yeah, it's Christ uh, Christ yeah, we'll have to get uh, we'll have to make some music for that. Uh, you uh, you want to go around the league? Let's go uh, around the league. What's up? Okay, uh, Rick Nash retired due to concussion-related symptoms. Uh, Fifteen That's seasons in the NHL, eight hundred five points, four hundred thirty-seven goals, and one thousand sixty games between the Blue Jackets, the Rangers, and the Bruins. Did he play this year at all? No, no, he did not. I was a little uh, surprised. It's one of those guys that you kind of already thought retired, frankly. Right. Um, yeah. But and it's still a shame, though. I mean, concussions are obviously a, a scourge in this league. And to see yeah. another guy call it quits because of concussions is just awful. And I mean, essentially, his doctor told him you cannot keep playing hockey. Yeah. And he he's one of those guys who the last couple of seasons was uh did a lot in the postseason except for score. Like he would just get a lot of chances, have a lot of opportunities, and just never scored. And then, and unfortunately, became his label. But he was a uh, pretty damn good the, player. This will be the future of JVR, his past <laughs> and his future. And also, I they showed the Alex Ovechkin uh, goal tonight on uh, Brian Boucher, the the infamous Ovechkin goal where he scored on his back, not looking at the net. And I thought it was Mikel Telkfist in net. And it was actually Mikel Telkfist in that for that Rick Nash goal where he scored with like 15 seconds left and danced around a bunch of uh, Coyotes defenders back in 2008. So uh, Rick Nash also embarrassed the Arizona Coyotes at one point. I mean, who uh, Josh hasn't? George's. What's that? Who hasn't? Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. Eric Carlson uh, just did. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. We got a game now. We got a game. Actually, it was yeah, Couture who embarrassed him, but uh, Carlson had a nice assist on. Yeah, that power play goal. Lot of recently. Um, Came back from suspension get... and was just like, "Fuck y'all." <laughs> speaking of getting embarrassed, uh, Josh Georges uh, retired. Thirteen seasons, 124 points in 383, 783 games between the Sharks, Canadians, and Sabers. The only thing I'll ever remember about Josh Georges is he was the guy that Claude Drew walked in uh game four of the 2010 series against the canadians because his skate uh, like a skate lace broke or something yeah. and he wasn't able to turn the corner and drew just dance around him and then scored to make it one nothing that was the quietest 13 seasons possible oh yeah no very much so i mean yeah because the last thing you play for those saber teams that are just trying to tank too and then the canadians didn't do much for a bit but you know, whatever 
Uh, Brooks Orvik played in his 1,000th game on Tuesday. Uh, wow. How many goals do you think he has? Or did you just look at the sheet? I looked at the sheet. Damn, 17 goals, 171 assists for 188 points. That's more goals than I thought he had. That is, uh, he had like a 200 game goal drought at one point, I think. <laughs> I think, uh, maybe not that obnoxious, but I think he didn't score for like two seasons. Uh, and then uh, Casey Smith and Marcus Sorensen uh, received extensions. Casey Smith, uh, big pile of garbage, uh, three years, 1.25 cap hit, 921 save percentage in 27 games this season. Sorensen, two years, 1.5 cap hit, 15 points in 46 games. Good for Sorensen. Yeah, to Sorensen, not to Smith. A uh, bunch of trades, a lot of minor trades, but still trades going on. Yeah, but this is a big pile of who gives uh, a shit right yeah, here. This is a, there's only one name, I think, worth mentioning. But uh, Morgan Kleimchuk to the Senators for uh, Gabriel Gagne. Cody Golubev to the Senators for Paul Carey. That's a fake name. Uh, yeah, Paul Carey to the Bruins. The Blackhawks received Slater Cuckoo and a fifth in 2019. Slater Cuckoo. Right? Yeah. For, uh, I think that's how you say it. Uh, for that's, that's a band Jan name Ruta. right there. The Slater Cuckoo is a band name. <laughs> for Jan Rutta. Like a, a weird indie in band. Oh, you, you haven't heard the newest from Slater Cuckoo? Have you been <laughs> living under a rock or something? What's wrong with you? <laughs> that's on Pitchfork's top 10 for the year. <laughs> Young Rutter, uh, 7th of 2019. Andrew Cagliano to the Stars for Nick Shore. Not for Jamie Ben? The Ducks. Not for Jamie Ben. You think or Ben J- gets J- traded J- this year? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. There's more rumblings about him uh, uh, management not being too happy, and then apparently Neil is not happy they signed him or something. Uh, Amazing. I don't know if that Amazing. The stars, there's any legitimacy to that. But. The stars are such a spectacular shit show right now. I love it. Yeah, they really, yeah, they really are. Yeah, because um, yeah, it's Dallas. Fuck them. Uh, yeah, fuck them. Cole Snyder Dallas to the sucks. Predators. Dallas sucks. <laughs> Dallas sucks. Go Birds. Cole Snyder to the Predators for Connor Brickley going back to the Rangers. And then Trey that just happened a couple hours ago. Ponches Aber to the Minnesota Wild for Justin Cluse going to the Ducks. Uh, Colby Cave claimed on waivers by the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the Bruins lost them. Paul Byron suspended three games for charging Mackenzie Weaker when the Canadians played the Panthers. And then uh, no World Cup of Hockey in 2020, Steve. So it's a real shame there's not another more recognized tournament worldwide where the, all these players could just play. It's a real shame that we're not going to see any kind of international hockey what are the north american under 21 guys gonna do (laughs) yeah who knows so that's a real shame uh and then the anaheim ducks have lost 12 straight games the longest losing streak in the nhl since the buffalo sabers in 2014-15 and i don't know if you remember that team that team did not want to win games so anytime you're mentioned as having a losing streak with them wasn't that the team that was tanking for mcdavid yeah, the team were when they played the Coyotes and the Coyotes beat them in overtime, Sabres fans openly cheered as the Sabres lost at home. So that team is the only team that, in recent memory that has had a longer losing streak than the Ducks are currently on right now. Fun and fact, apparently, uh, the Ducks have 12 straight losses, but they're still five points ahead of the Flyers. There you go. John Gibson is a pretty damn good goalie. He is phenomenal. They do not deserve him. Uh, did no. you see the thing where 
where Carlisle was getting a little shit the other day. Uh, one of the reporters was asking him if he if he if it job felt threatened, and he's like, "That's a dumb question." Next question, like, dude, <laughs> your team is being held together by duct tape, and that duct tape is John Gibson. Yeah, I mean, he have oh, what was it? Murray came out and gave him a vote of confidence, or she's like, "No, he's our coach after the eleventh loss." He's and our I feel shitty like, coach. Yeah, I feel like after the thirteenth, you just got to be like, "Yeah, I don't care anymore." Like, you've got to get out of here. But uh, I mean, uh, whatever. It's, it's kind of funny to me because it's not the Flyers, and I feel like uh, oh, I take a due... lot of pleasure in their misery. Yeah, they were due for a big downward spiral because I mean, you look at the goal differential and their analytics are fucking terrible, and they pretty much are basing every one of their games on John Gibson to bail them out. So if he's not able to, you know, be Jesus on ice for a, a particular night, they're probably going to lose. And uh, guess what's been happening? <laughs> a lot of a lot of that nonsense. Uh, also, we need to talk about how uh, see. We need to have a heart to heart with a lot of Flyers fans right here. Uh, Flyers fans are expected to boo Flyers, like players on the Flyers team. But traveling to Toronto to boo Jake Gardner on a Monday night, like why? I you know why it happened in Toronto, that? but it couldn't possibly be Maple Leafs fans. It's only Philly fans that boo, so it could be I Maple just... Leafs fans being yeah. completely illogical and booing one of their defensemen. Yeah, so like, you know, it's just I mean just you just you don't need to spend money to go up there and, yeah. and boo players you don't know. So you just... can boo players you know right here for pretty low oh, prices I, right now. Yuri Laterra is probably gonna keep getting games here and Andrew Bounce still on the team. Yeah just the you don't need to boo man. Jake Gardner. Yeah. Starfish so just... man Go go easy on them. All right, that's all I'm saying. Uh, that's pretty much all I have for around the league. The other two things I want to talk about real quick were uh, our Temi Panera mocking Evgeny Kuznetsov goal celebration on Saturday. I don't know if you saw that. But more was, of this, funny please. To me. More of this, yeah, please. So. More shit talking in the NHL is like, what I want to say. I want some more really suck it for news. I yeah. want some more Mike Richards versus uh, PK Subban. I want, yeah, you know, let, let's mock more guys. Let's get in each other's yeah. faces. Come on. Let's get back to punching each other in the face. I, all the want, time. I want, I want metaphorical punches in the face. I want Joel <laughs> Embiid to march into the Flyers locker room and start teaching Claude Drew how to talk shit on everybody. <laughs> the Sixers, uh, 149 points last night. 149 points. That? Jesus. Yeah, that's. That, that's that that should win you some basketball games. I hope you're not losing it's, too many hundred. Really a shame you can't divide that amongst other games. Just carry over forty points. Yeah, can we carry <laughs> over forty tomorrow, please? <laughs> that's uh, that's an absurd number of points. What's the hockey uh, equivalent of one hundred forty nine? Is that ten goals? Forty nine. That's it's got at least got to be ten. I, I, I'm not. I mean, I feel like any time a team breaks one hundred twenty five, it's obnoxious, right? Yeah, I. <sighs> Again, I don't know a ton about the NBA. I feel like that's becoming a little more common, but 149 yeah. is obscene. Yeah, well, maybe 149 is like an eight-goal game. Maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll, I don't know. We'll I, I think I would call it a 10-goal game. Yeah, we'll get people tweeting at us. because we're uh, idiots, You but... guys are way wrong. Let me tell you. <laughs> you don't even know how wrong you are. <laughs> uh, the Grizzlies scored 136 points tonight. That's a tweet I'm expecting to get. I don't know if they did or not, but I'm excited to get that tweet tomorrow. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about, Steve, was earlier this week, Nathan McKinnon, or last week, 
Nathan McKinnon yelled at Jared Bednar on the bench. And uh, I wanted to ask you, and we both uh, decided before the show who the most likely flyer would be to blow up at Scott Gordon. And uh, we both decided it would be uh, Jake the Snake. And our podcast absolutely... has been blocked by Jake the Snake's ears. <laughs> oh, Twitter, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely it would 100%. Be... It, it, Jake I... Voracek's, I think, but... the only option. So that's the thing, is who would be the second most likely would be my, my question. You know? I have a feeling Gudis would yell. Here's an interesting one for you. What I'll about Provi? I could see that. He's having yeah. a frustrating year. Very and frustrating. Two you can tonight. see it on his face some nights. Yeah. I mean, I think he's been getting a little better lately, but th- there's definitely been a few nights this year where you can see it on his face. So I, I don't know. I, I-, I yeah, could see I- maybe some Proveroff. Yeah, no, that's definitely a fair. I- Young, doesn't know any better. Yeah. Frustrating season, just snaps. <laughs> Jake Voracek, though, uh, prime-aged, should know better, would yeah. still totally do it. Absolutely, would 100% do it, and then probably cuss out like Peter Reforge for asking about it. <laughs> so, that's... Uh, but besides those... Uh, Who's the least likely? Least likely. Carter Hart. Gonna, Carter Hart. I would guess AMAC. Oh yeah, well he's coach's favorite. He's coach's he's pet. Gotta know, yeah, see, and he's also got to know that he's he's probably fucking up out there, so it can't be that big of a surprise, I guess. <laughs> you think he actually knows that? <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know. I I firmly believe that Andrew McDonald is blissfully ignorant about how poor his play is. Like I think I think he thinks. He's doing great. He's crushing it. Because he would have changed something by now if he thought he was screwing up, right? Yeah. No, that's fair. You know what I need? I need to look up. Uh, I mean, it hasn't bit him in the ass the last two games, but the Hag, uh, the Hag Goose pairing. I wonder how that's been going. Because that was a pairing that we talked about before the season being. Uh, I can tell you what they do have. They got some hits, buddy. Oh, shit. Yeah, they probably do. Bunch of block shots. They probably have like half the block shots tonight. NHL hits 19. <laughs> that's, what that, that's what that pairing players... is. It's the NHL hits 19 pairing. How about, how about this? If you had to pick three players to be on NHL hits 2019 for the Flyers, who would your starting three be? Let's say Giroux. Two forwards and a, and a defenseman. Two forwards and a defenseman. Uh, Giroux, <laughs> I mean, it... Simmons, uh, Gudis. <laughs> Oh, and hits? Yeah, actually, probably. And hits. Yeah, yeah that would be pretty good. I think it's the way um, to go. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. I'm done. Laterra, because Laterra gives everybody else cocaine power. <laughs> now we're done. Now we're done. Folks, That's a good note to go out on. Yeah. If you have any feedback, <laughs> the best place to reach us is on twitter.com.org.edu. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yeah. And this week, uh, I'm still doing the flyby for tomorrow, which you've already found out, and the one for Friday. And we are doing the checking out the competition for the Canadians on Saturday. If contacted, eyes on the prize. Hoping to hear back from them. If they don't reach back to me, uh, Steve and I will just talk about the Canadians for 20 to 25 minutes, and that'll be the show. We will mock the Canadian accent. It'll just be dunking on Zed for, for 25 minutes. <laughs> Zed's dead. Zed's dead, baby. But uh <laughs> yeah. Craig's sports are bad. 
You can reach me at the Fly Purbly account or at Esteban. And uh, be sure to follow BSH Radio and Broad Street Hockey. Like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook. All that good stuff. Gang, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. Oh, my God. Se- okay, seven minutes ago. All right, Craig, you have some breaking news. Yeah, uh, so apparently, I'm making sure this is real. I don't want to get cartoons right here, but <laughs> apparently a, a trade has taken place between the Canucks and Ducks, which is of uh, much importance to the uh, to Flyers fans because Michael Delzato is going to Anaheim in exchange for Luke Shen and a late round pick. This is an actual TSN report. This is actually Frank Saravalli, I believe. Yep. <laughs> that is amazing. Holy shit. So shitty X Flyers defenseman traded for shitty X Flyers defenseman. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's something right there. This is phenomenal. This was a hundred percent worth hitting the record button for again. (laughs) We had literally just done our outro and uh, there's a little bonus content for you guys. A little bonus tent. Yeah. I, I mean, who wants that? I I would do the, who wants that trade? (laughs) Do the ducks. You know, who wins that trade flyers fans Yeah, (laughs) for laughing. Cause we don't have either of them anymore. I, it's hard to tell if the Ducks win because they get Michael Dozato or well, if the Canucks Luke win because they get the pick. The, wasn't Luke Shen playing in the minors? I believe I believe so. So at least the Ducks got a guy who presumably should be playing at the NHL level? What a bad trade. That's it's a terrible like, trade. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. That's a little bit of breaking news on the, on the perps here, on the flights coming at you. Breaking news of the most important types. And, uh, gang, thank you for listening to this bonus tent. (laughs) Bonus tent. Bonus tent. I don't know why this happened. Uh, I'm going to go reflect and ask God for a while. There you go. What if God were one of us? Just a slob, like one of us Flyers fans. If God was one of us, I don't think he's worried about the Michael Dozada trade. I'll I'll go with that. Probably got bigger fish to fry. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Gang, thanks for listening to this bonus tent. Until next time, good night and good hockey. United hate of America. Hello everybody, this is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!
Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. <laughs>